Okay. There's a powerful symbolism here. Un simbolismo aquí. Jesus said, repent and believe the good news. Arrepiéntanse y creen las buenas noticias, dijo Jesús. Repent is to turn away. It's to die. Arrepentirse es dar la, la espalda a algo, morir a algo. And going down into the water, Mike is affirming with the church that there's an old life behind him. But then, as he comes out, Jesus said, believe. Believe in what? Believe that I am alive. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesús resucitó de los muertos. By embracing Jesus by faith, we're saying, I'm a new creature. I'm a new person. There's a new life. Hay una nueva vida en Cristo que estamos abrazando. So, Mike, it is my privilege now uh, to share in this with you. And uh, may this be a marker in your life and in your faith, a milestone in those dark times and in times of distraction and temptation and all those other times that are in between. May this be a marker that, that says, Jesus Christ has met me on the road and I am his. So with that, it is my joy, Mike. I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Lord, bless your servant, Mike, and sustain him with your grace that he may ever live for you from this moment on until that day you call him home and uh, use his life mightily, I pray, for the sake of your kingdom and in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. Yes. What you just saw there are a few images from a gathering that was held this spring. Esas son imágenes, un servicio en la primavera, where Christians from our city got together. Why? Because we need to get together. We need it. We have, right now, we, we, do, we are a city without a hospital. Uh, we are a city with all kinds of, of issues and problems facing us. We are a city where the easy, natural thing would be for us to go our separate ways and divide. Somos una ciudad donde lo natural sería dividirnos. 
But by the grace of God, he has been working in churches. He's been working in pastors and leaders in our city to say, no, 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 no. This is exactly the time when the church comes together. And so Tulare United is something that has started out of pastors and Christians in our city saying, we got to come together. This was in the spring, and our determination is that we would like to try to get together quarterly. Uh, queremos uh, reunirnos cada trimestre. And so next Sunday evening, August 26th, there will be a gathering and an opportunity to gather. It will be on the campus of our, our uh, sister church, Tulare Community Church, up on North Gem Street at 5 p.m. A las 5 de la tarde, el domingo que viene, uh, en la iglesia Tulare Community Church, vamos a tener un convivio. There's going to be worship led by a different leadership of throughout the city, uh, pastors and other people speaking testimonies. There will be some food trucks and time for fellowship afterwards so that this is not just kind of a go in and get out type of thing. It's a connecting time. And we're going to be listening for how God wants to move us together in our city as Christians because as followers of Jesus, we want to lead the change in our city. Queremos ser parte del cambio en nuestra ciudad. And so I want to invite you. I'm going to be there. Uh, it's a priority for me. And I hope that it will also be a priority for you. So I welcome you and invite you to that opportunity. Les invito a esta oportunidad. Thank you, Pastor Russ. It is, it's going to be a fun day. So hopefully we'll be, we'll, all together we'll be there. So let's continue worshiping our Lord and Savior with our offerings right now. Esta es una oportunidad ahora para darle gracias al Señor también por medio de nuestras ofrendas y de nuestros diezmos. So let's, let's worship our Lord right now. Dead of night 
still as you called me Deeper still as you called me Deeper still into love treasures we have right in our midst uh, is our own children, and we have this opportunity to share with them the Word of God right now. So I want to dismiss and uh, bless our children as they go off to children in worship time. Quiero bendecir a los niños que vayan al tiempo de niños en adoración ahora. That's for boys and girls that are three years of age up to fifth grade, and uh, they're going to be having a great time together. So Boys and girls, we want to let you go. And as they're going out, I just have a couple of other things to highlight. Quisiera resaltar un par de otras cosas. One is that our, our church plant, Imago Church, continues to grow forward and to go forward. And we need to be uh, hands-on praying and supporting what Imago Church is doing. Queremos apoyar lo que hace la iglesia Imago. In a few weeks, a couple weeks, September 8th, that's a Saturday, 12 noon, high noon, Imago will be doing a barbecue outreach in their neighborhood at the Viva Blunt School uh, on West Tulare Avenue in Visalia, right by their campus. And they're inviting the whole neighborhood out on September 8th, and I am guessing they're going to need some people there to help out. So let's be uh, getting that in your calendars. I hope to have more information from Pastor Carlos soon about what is needed, but we can be the hands and feet of Jesus with our partners in Imago Church to reach out that day. Part of the strategy is that the very next day, Imago is going to begin worshiping Sunday mornings at, our, at the same time we do, 9.30 a.m. It's a great open door to the community. And so what better way to start than to say, hey, we're here, come, come be with us. Uh, vamos a tener una barbacoa con la iglesia Imago el día 8 de septiembre, un par de semanas, y, y nosotros debemos apoyar lo que Dios está haciendo con esta obra. Uh, va a ser en una escuela junto al, al campus de Imago, y, y vamos a estar uh, dándoles más información, pero queremos apoyar eso. Also, one other thing I want to note, and I'll say something about it uh, in just a few minutes as well, is that after worship today, we're going to do something we do occasionally. We call them learning communities. Vamos a tener una comunidad de aprendizaje, un, un evento de aprendizaje después de servicio. What it is, is it's kind of a, it's kind of an add-on. It's kind of like a value-added portion here to our, ser our service and our time together. And I'm going to be presenting just some very practical tools and tips for personal Bible study. It's called Bible Study Basics. 
I am going to talk a lot today, so I promise it will not be long, but it, I hope it will be fruitful. So here's the, here's the invitation. Stay after worship. Grab something to drink, coffee, or uh, some sort of refreshment. Greet one of those new mission partners, and then come right back and sit down. And for about 15, 20 minutes, my goal is to give you some Bible study basics. We'll have a handout for you and to send you on with a blessing, something that you can use. Uh, vamos a tener un tiempo después para darles información de sobre cómo estudiar la Biblia, así que les invitamos a participar. Right now, we're going to be looking into God's Word, and our scripture this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Proverbs. And I want to invite you to, to have a Bible handy. There are Bibles in the back. Uh, vamos a mirar el libro de Proverbios, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 is going to be our focus, Proverbios 2, el 1 al 11. On the screen there, there's some page numbers. Those page numbers will help you to find the scripture if you use the Bibles from the back. La página, la pantalla indica donde está el texto usando las Biblias de atrás. So, I've been gone a couple weeks and I'm back. So, to just refresh your memories, we're wrapping up today a summer series of messages talking about learning to be different. How we are to learn to be different, and it has to do with God's word. Uh, estamos uh, concluyendo una serie de, de convertirnos y aprender para ser diferente. And so, as we do that, I want to uh, read this scripture, and we'll be going through it. Uh, I'm going to read first in English and then in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés y después en español. So, hopefully you're there and you're ready to go. Let's focus carefully on what. God's word is saying to us here. Enfoquémonos en lo que dice la palabra de Dios. Proverbs chapter 2, the writer of Proverbs says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for He guards the course of the just and protects the way of His faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path, for wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Hijo mío, si haces tuyas mis palabras y atesoras mis mandamientos, si tu oído inclinas hacia la sabiduría y de corazón te entregas a la inteligencia, si llamas a la inteligencia y pides discernimiento, si la buscas como a la plata, como a un tesoro escondido, entonces comprenderás el temor del Señor y hallarás el conocimiento de Dios. Porque el Señor da la sabiduría, conocimiento y ciencia brotan de sus labios. Él reserva su ayuda para la gente íntegra y protege a los de conducta intachable. Él cuida el sendero de los justos y protege el camino de sus fieles. Entonces comprenderás la justicia, el derecho, la equidad y todo buen camino. La sabiduría vendrá a tu corazón y el conocimiento te endulzará la vida. La discreción te cuidará, la inteligencia te protegerá. So it was about a month ago, um, there were some news reports that surfaced that an Asian salvage crew had located on the bottom of the ocean uh, the shipwreck of the Dmitry Donskoy. 
Hace un mes encontraron el naufragio de este barco, el Dmitry Donskoy. Now, as the story goes, in 1905, uh, this ship, the Dmitry Donskoy, a Russian warship, uh, was sunk off the coast of what is now South Korea. Este buque de guerra ruso se hundió en 1905 costa, cerca de la costa de la Corea. And when it sank, it carried to the bottom with it literally a boatload of gold. Okay? A lot of gold. Llevó consigo mucho oro. In fact, Here's the cool thing. This boat sank 113 years ago. Se hundió hace 113 años. And the value of the gold on board this ship is calculated at, get this, 113 billion dollars. 113 mil millones de dólares es el valor del oro. That's a billion dollars for every year that this boat's been on the bottom of the ocean. And that's, I mean, that's only the tip of the iceberg. They say we've only found about 1% of the, of the shipwrecks that are out there, okay? But, you know, I don't know about you. I hear stories like this, and, and you know, kind of the first thing is like, wow, wouldn't that be great if, if I could find, you know, a shipwreck somewhere? No sería tan grande encontrar un naufragio así. Wouldn't that be awesome? But, of course, you know, for many of us, uh, the thought of going over there and getting to the bottom of the ocean and pulling the gold out of the Dmitry Donsko, I mean, it's just a pipe dream, right? Who can do that? Uh, uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just not realistic. I mean, it's way down there, and it's far, far away. It's just, and yet, here's the thing, it's there. It's there for the taking. Whoever gets to it can have it. Ahí está ese oro para el que quiera tenerlo. Y sin embargo, no soñamos con ir allá. But you see, only... Serious treasure seekers with the right equipment and the right knowledge, the right plan of attack, they're the ones that are going to go down and get that treasure, and they will benefit from it. Solo los buscadores con el, de tesoros con el equipo apropiado van a encontrar el tesoro. Now, I tell you that story because, you see, this morning, you and I, Hold in our hands a treasure trove. Aquí está una caja de tesoros. You and I hold in our hands a deposit of riches that is so vast, so precious. Es un depósito de riquezas tan preciosa. In fact, the value of this treasure is infinite. Well beyond 113 billion dollars. Su valor es infinito más allá de 113 mil millones de dólares. And yet, despite the fact that this treasure is so great and so accessible, so within our reach, not everybody is actually willing to go through the trouble to dig down and get that treasure. Aunque está accesible este tesoro, no todos quieren minar sus riquezas. Not everybody wants to mine its riches. Now, of course, you know what I'm talking about. The treasure we're talking about is the treasure of the Bible. It's the treasure of God's Word. Es el tesoro de la palabra de Dios. And, and today in Proverbs chapter 2, we learn that this treasure is there for the taking. If. If we are willing to become treasure seekers, 
está accesible este tesoro si estamos dispuestos a ser buscadores de tesoros. And that's a big if. Es un gran sí. In fact, if you look with me at the first four verses, let's just take a look here. Let's listen and look for the ifs that are in these first four verses. There's a series of them. Look for the word if. Busca la palabra sí en estos versículos. The writer says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands, turning your ear to wisdom. Si haces tuyas mis palabras, si atesoras mis mandamientos, si tu oído inclinas hacia la sabiduría, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, si llamas a la inteligencia, si la buscas como a la plata, como a un tesoro escondido, if you do all this stuff, if you're willing to dig into God's word, verse 5, then, entonces, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Entonces comprenderás el temor del Señor y hallarás el conocimiento de Dios. If, if we are open to learn from the scriptures and to apply all our energies towards that goal, then we're going to gain something. What we're going to gain is fear of the Lord, a humble reverence and knowledge of God. Así ganamos el temor del Señor, una humilde reverencia, un conocimiento del Señor. Why is that important? Well, the Bible, in fact, says in a couple of different places, Psalm 111, 10, and Proverbs 9, 10, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of something else. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. El temor del Señor es el comienzo de la sabiduría, dice la palabra. In fact, verse 6 here, the very next verse says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding, porque el Señor da la sabiduría, conocimiento y ciencia brotan de sus labios. Wisdom comes from the fear, the humble reverence of God. La sabiduría viene de Dios. God is the source of wisdom. Wisdom, we must understand, is not something that is available on the human plane. Wisdom is not something you go to Amazon and you, you take a couple clicks and you throw out your credit card and say, I'm going to get some wisdom. You don't get it that way. You, you don't go to the store and get it. La sabiduría no viene de ninguna fuente humana. You don't go to the university and sign up for a class in Wisdom 101. There is no such thing. No hay clase de sabiduría en la universidad. That's because by definition, wisdom is different than human knowledge and smarts. Wisdom is not intelligence. What is wisdom? ¿Qué es la sabiduría? Well, if we follow what the Bible is trying to tell us, we understand that wisdom is the ability to understand and to live in a way that is in line with the very purpose that God has designed for your life. It is to live in, in accordance with God's purpose and within God's master plan for the whole universe. If you know what your purpose is in God's plan and you live that way, you are wise. Si puedes saber cuál es el propósito de Dios y su plan para ti en el universo, eres sabio. But where do you get that kind of wisdom? It can't come from you or anybody else. It can only come from God. 
the Lord is the one who gives wisdom. Es el Señor que da sabiduría. And we need to look for it. If you are willing, verse 2 says, to turn your ear to wisdom, if you're willing to, to be open to receive it, look then at verse 9. It says, then you will understand what is right and just and fair. You'll understand every good path. You'll understand the path you're supposed to take. You're, you'll understand the good way you're supposed to go. Si inclinas tu oído hacia la sabiduría, comprenderás la justicia, el derecho, la equidad y todo buen, buen camino. Why? Verse 10. Why will you understand the good path? For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. La sabiduría vendrá a tu corazón y el conocimiento endulzará tu vida. Wisdom then is a gift that God grants to those who are willing to receive it. Dios da la sabiduría a los que quieren recibirla. And we become willing to receive wisdom, this is saying, as we begin to dig into the treasures of God's word. Al excavar la palabra de Dios, podemos recibir sabiduría. So what we're talking about is what we've been talking about this summer, learning to be different. Se trata de aprender para ser diferente. And, and learning from scripture really is about becoming a lifelong treasure seeker. A lifelong treasure seeker, mining the wisdom of God's word that he has for us. Es buscar tesoros y estar abierto a la, a, a la sabiduría de Dios. And ultimately, the wisdom that God wants to give us, this is what we need to understand from Scripture, the wisdom God wants for us is not information. It's not even directions. Do X, do Y, do Z. The information that God ultimately wants to give us as a free gift is found in a person. It's the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. La sabiduría se encuentra en la persona del Señor Jesús. Would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 in the New Testament. Primera de Corintios 1.30. The early church leader Paul here is writing, he says, it's because of him, that is, it's because of God that you are in Christ Jesus. It's because of God that you're connected to Christ who has become for us wisdom from God. Gracias a él, a Dios, ustedes están unidos a Cristo, a Jesús, a quien Dios ha hecho nuestra sabiduría. Christ has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Es decir, nuestra justificación, santificación, y redención. Christ is wisdom from God because he's become our righteousness, holiness, redemption. In other words, when you're connected to Christ, he is the one who makes you right again with God, enables you to go back to God's original purpose for your life. He, he gives you holiness. He redeems your life. He enables you to get reconnected again with the purpose of God for your life within the master plan of God for the universe. That's what Jesus does. Jesús te reconecta con el propósito de Dios dentro del plan grande de Dios para el universo. And why can Jesus do that? Because he is the one person who perfectly fulfilled God's purpose for his life within the master plan of God. He fulfilled it perfectly. And therefore, he can be called wisdom because he lived wisdom. Él cumplió con el plan de Dios perfectamente para su vida. He died 
His set purpose was to die to deliver us from sin and death. Su propósito fue morir para librarnos del pecado y la muerte. His set purpose was to carry the sins of the world upon him to die and then to rise again from the dead so that we could be put on a new path of what he called the abundant life. Resucitó para darnos vida abundante, to renew our purpose with God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. He's the true treasure that's revealed in God's word, but unless you dig into God's word, you can't see it. A menos que miras la palabra de Dios, no puedes ver que Jesús es este tesoro. Perhaps you've heard the message time and time again. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose again. Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you say, yeah, I've heard that all before. That's just words. Son palabras. Jesús murió por ti, resucitó por ti. Yeah, those are words. We call those words the gospel. Or the good news, son las buenas noticias. But you need to understand what those words are. The Bible is this treasure chest of truth. La Biblia es la verdad. And on top of that treasure chest, there sits this massive, multifaceted diamond. And that massive, multifaceted diamond is the gospel, the message about Jesus Christ. El Evangelio es un diamante de múltiples facetas encima de ese tesoro que señala Jesús. And so the Bible reveals to us the gospel and the gospel reveals to us Jesus. It's more than words. For those who have become treasure seekers, this is not just words. This is pure gold. Para los que buscan tesoros son es por oro puro. But here's the thing. To discover the gold, you've got to be willing to dig. And so this is what we're, we're talking about. We're talking about learning how to, to study God's word. Learning how to get below the surface. Se trata de estudiar la palabra de Dios. There's a Bible scholar by the name of Howard Hendricks. I think he's with the Lord now. But years ago, Howard Hendricks uh, talked about the fact that for many people, there are uh, three, uh, you could call them stages, if you will, or you could say three attitudes towards Bible study. Hay tres actitudes o etapas de estudio bíblico. Howard Hendricks says there's three attitudes or, or three stages you can go through. Uh, maybe you don't have to go through them all, but this is what typically happens. Uh, first of all, he says there's a, a stage he calls the castor oil stage or a castor oil attitude towards Bible study. Hay la actitud de aceite castor. Now, those of us who are old enough, I could see you older folks out there. I know who, who's older because you heard the words castor oil and you went like that, right? Castor oil was this seed oil, this vegetable oil. I think you can still get it at your health food stores, but it, it, was, it tastes terrible. Tiene un sabor terrible, aceite castor, but it's supposed to be good for you, right? Tiene un efecto beneficioso. And there are people who hear the word Bible study, whether they are Christian or not, they hear the words Bible study, and the first reaction is, Ugh! Yeah, no, yuck! But perhaps they're willing to try because they know it's good for them. A lo mejor están dispuestos a probarlo porque saben que debe, debe ser 
deben hacerlo. So that's the castor oil stage. But if you're willing, Hendrix says, if you're willing to step into Bible study, even if you think it's, this is kind of yuck, pretty soon you can enter what he calls the cereal stage. Después hay la etapa de cereal. Now, Every single morning for the last 14 years, confession time, many of you know this about me, it's one of my quirks, for the last 14 years, every single day for breakfast, I've had the same thing, high fiber brand cereal, every day for breakfast. You may think I'm crazy, right? Yo desayuno siempre de cereal de alta fibra. When I started this habit 14 years ago, the stuff tasted like sawdust, okay? It's like, it wasn't a bad taste, it just had no taste. No tenía sabor, sabía como, como granos de acerrín, ¿verdad? Yeah. But here's the thing, again, cereal is good for you. And so there are people that say, well, you know, I don't, uh, I guess I'll do Bible study, but say, I'm not getting anything out of this. I guess I'll go through the motions and do it. And you feel like, there's, why am I doing this? Lo haces y no hay sabor, this is just tasteless, there's... I didn't get anything out of that. But if you're willing to persist, if you're willing to dig, si estás dispuesto a persistir y excavar, Howard Hendricks will tell us about another stage. But before I get there, I want to share a verse with you that actually I think kind of highlights this, and it's from 2 Peter 3.15, Segunda Pedro 3.15. Peter is writing here. I think this is humorous, by the way. Peter's writing here, and he actually bags a little bit on the Apostle Paul. I don't think he means to, but uh, Pedro habla de Pablo. In 2 Peter 3.15, he says this, Our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. Paul's writing you wisdom from God. Les escribió también nuestro querido hermano Pablo con la sabiduría que Dios le dio. He writes the same way in all his letters. En todas sus cartas se refiere a esos mismos temas. And you, you could read between the lines here and have him say, you know, it's kind of like cereal. It's the same stuff every day. Right? He writes the same way. Siempre escribe lo mismo. Como cereal. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. Boy, Peter's blaming Paul here. Hay en ellas algunos puntos difíciles de entender. I mean, sometimes it doesn't taste good. He says, here's the problem. Ignorant and unstable people distort it as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Los ignorantes e inconstantes tergiversan esto como lo hacen también con las demás escrituras. But here's Peter's advice. If you go two or three verses over to verse 18, aquí el consejo de Pedro, don't do that. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Más bien, crezcan en la gracia, el conocimiento de nuestro Señor y Salvador Jesucristo. What he's saying is, if you will take the time and the trouble to dig for it, you will find gold. And the gold is Jesus. El oro es Jesús. So if you've been through the castor oil stage and if you've been through the cereal stage, you need to know there's another stage you've never experienced. And Howard Hendricks calls that the Peaches and cream stage. Lo durazno con crema, la tercera etapa. Peaches are sweet. Cream is rich. Lo durazno son uh, dulce, la crema rica. And there comes a point in our engagement with God's word when we begin over time to commit to digging into the treasure of that word sooner or later. And I think it's often sooner than we think. We're going to hit pay dirt. 
En algún momento vamos a encontrar el tesoro. And what seemed to be castor oil and cereal, we discovered really peaches and cream. Lo que era aceite, castor y cereales son duraznos con crema. Here's the thing. It's not that the Bible is unattractive. I don't have to make this attractive for you. It's not that the Bible is unsavory. No es que la Biblia sea insípida o no atractiva. Here's the problem. Our spiritual taste buds are wrecked by sin. Nuestras papilas gustativas están arruinadas por pecado. And so we don't know what the good stuff is. We don't. No sabemos lo que es bueno. And so here's a challenge I want to issue to us, to all of us this morning as we're wrapping up this series of messages. I want to invite us all to commit to becoming lifelong students of God's Word, to move beyond the castor oil and the cereal stage, the castor oil and the cereal attitude, to, to really soak in the peaches and cream of the Scriptures. Quiero que podamos ser estudiantes de por vida de la palabra, más allá de una actitud de aceite castor cereal para tener una actitud de, de duraznos con crema. And I want to stress in this, it's not about intelligence. Some people get intimidated by Bible study. I didn't do well in school. I don't know how to read that well. It's not about how intelligent you are. No se trata de tu inteligencia. It doesn't matter how much education you've had. There are very smart, very wise, uh, very intelligent people out there in our world who look at the scriptures, they read the Bible, and they don't get it. They don't understand it. Why? Not because they're not smart, but because they're not believing. Gente inteligente lee la Biblia y no comprende porque no cree. It's not about how smart you are. It's about how open you are to learn and to grow. Uh, Dallas Willard, who's a Christian writer, just died a few years ago. He said, you know, we're living in a day and age in our culture that has cultivated this idea that it's the skeptical person who is always smarter than the person who believes. Hoy en día creemos que la persona escéptica es siempre más inteligente que alguien que cree. In fact, he says, it's so crazy. You can be as stupid as a cabbage as long as you doubt and everybody thinks you're the smartest person in the room. Puede ser tan tonto como un repollo mientras dudes y todo piensa que eres inteligente. Watch the news sometime. You got a lot of cabbages out there talking on the news, right? But they doubt. Well, I don't know if that's the way it should be. I don't know. No, no. Wow, this guy's brilliant. No, he's doubting. You see what it's about? It's not about your intelligence. Doubt is like shifting sand. It will pull you down, and when you get to the bottom of it, there's no treasure. No hay ningún tesoro. La duda te jala abajo como arenas movedizas. In fact, in 2 Timothy 3.7, Paul says, he says, he warns us against people who are always learning, always learning new information, always learning new stuff, but they can never acknowledge the truth. They can never plant their flag and believe. Hay gente que siempre está aprendiendo, pero nunca reconoce la verdad. Jesus, in John 14.6, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Dice Jesús, yo soy la verdad, el camino y la vida. I am the way for you to discover the truth of your purpose in the plan of God and to have the perfect life. I'm wisdom from God. Yo soy la sabiduría de Dios. Now, he's either 
lying or he's telling the truth. Either we doubt him or we believe him. O miente o dice la verdad. How do you find out? ¿Cómo encontrarlo? Become a treasure seeker. Hay que buscar el tesoro. Become a treasure seeker. And if you have not trusted in Christ, that would be my invitation today. Because here's the cool thing about being a treasure seeker. We think we're looking for Jesus, but here's the thing. Jesus Christ is the greatest treasure seeker of all. Because he was willing to come down into the very depths of our sinful, broken world. And he wasn't even looking for treasure. He was looking for trash for you and me. And he died on the cross and rose again from the dead to turn trash into treasures. Jesús vino a las profundidades de este mundo no buscando tesoro sino basura y murió, resucitó para convertir basura en tesoro. That's the good news. So, as I said earlier, after worship today, here's my simple invitation. Would you please stay for a few more minutes? I would like to give you just some practical tools uh, of basic Bible study. Vamos a hablar de, de las bases de estudio bíblico después de servicio. I'm thinking 15, 20 minutes. We have some information. And my hope is that as you're reading the Bible, uh, uh, hopefully every day, that there will be times, maybe it's once a week or so, where you sit down and you go a little deeper. And you, and you dig into, maybe it's a, a message or maybe it's something you read that week or something that you're doing with a group, that you dig into God's Word just a little bit more. That's my invitation. Que puedan profundizar un poco más de su lectura diaria. Tener un tiempo cada semana para profundizar más en la palabra. So we're going to give you tools for that. But that's not all. We have other opportunities. Every Sunday morning, we have a group here called Faith Principles that meets at 8.30 in the morning. That's what we do. We find all kinds of treasure every week. And we're not actually going to try to hoard it. We'll share it with you. Come. Our elders and, and others from the church are part of that group. Tenemos una clase a las ocho y media cada domingo. Also, on Wednesday, the, the 29th of August, we're going to be starting our family night activities. We're going to have Bible studies for men and for women. Uh, we're hoping and looking at getting something going in Spanish as well. El miércoles 29 vamos a comenzar las actividades de noche familiar y tendremos estudios de hombres y mujeres y esperamos que haya un, un grupo en español también. Estamos uh, trabajando en eso. So the thing about Bible study in a group is, you know, it's kind of fun to look for treasure by yourself, but it's also really fun to look for treasure with other people. And when you find those treasures, it's exciting. So that's my encouragement. It was over a hundred years ago that an evangelist by the name of Dwight Moody said this. He said, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge. It was given to change our lives. Se nos ha dado la Biblia no para incrementar el conocimiento, sino para cambiar nuestra vida. We need change in our lives. The change we need is wisdom. El cambio que ocupamos es la sabiduría. And the Wisdom that we need for changing comes from God. Viene de Dios. And the wisdom that God wants to give us is Jesus. Jesús es la sabiduría de Dios. Jesus Christ is the treasure we seek for the change we need to be different. Jesús es el tesoro que buscamos para cambiarnos y ser diferentes. I'm going to invite our worship team to come up right now, and I want to pray into this time. Lord Jesus, 
I'm not sure we recognize what a privilege it is to have the scriptures available to us. Over the centuries, men and women have paid for the privilege we have with their own lives to translate the Bible into languages we understand, to deliver it to us. This is a gift. And we thank you for your word. Te damos gracias, Señor, por tu palabra. Qué gran regalo que la, la tenemos en un idioma que podemos comprender. My simple prayer, Lord, is that we can truly discover the peaches and the cream that you've given us in your word. And the most delicious and wonderful, precious discovery of all is the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that we can see Jesus through your word. Gracias que podamos ver a Jesús por medio de tu palabra. Help us to have a hunger and a taste for knowing him. Que podamos tener hambre de conocerlo a él. It's in his name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.